You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and it's February, friends. I always think of this as the month of love. Romantic love, family love, Galentine's love, all of it. To celebrate this special month, I've put together a special resource for you. It's a playlist of all of the episodes from 3 and 30 from the past six and a half years about marriage and romantic relationships. When you sign up, this will be delivered to you as a private podcast feed so you can listen right in your podcast app without having to scroll back through hundreds of episodes to find the one you're looking for. The episodes will just play for you one after another, and you can work your way through them throughout the month, and honestly next month or the month after as well, because you'll have lifetime access to this playlist, and we'll add new relationships-focused episodes as they come out over time. We have an incredible archive of experts who have talked to us on the podcast about strengthening your partnership, including Dr. Jennifer finlayson Fife, Jody Moore, Meet the Freemans from Instagram, Glenn and Yvette Henry from How Married Are You, and many more. So if you want to spend the month of February focusing on improving your relationship, get signed up to get immediate access to this free playlist. Go to 3in30podcast.com slash playlist to sign up. That's 3in30podcast.com slash playlist. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. I was recently reading through entries in my Flex of Gold journal, and I read this gem from a few years ago. April 5th, 2021. This morning, when we were driving home from school drop-off, I said to Ryan, we haven't been on a date in a long time. We need to get that on the calendar. He said, I know of a concert I could take you to tonight, and looked over and smiled slyly. It took me a second to realize he was talking about the kids' spring music concert at school. (laughs) I love Ryan's subtle sense of humor and his good-natured teasing about how parenthood often changes your romantic relationship, and some of that is expected, good even, as you adjust to your evolving family dynamic. But also, I think we all know how much it blesses every part of our lives when we are feeling truly and deeply connected to and safe with our partner. And that really is hard as a parent, because you're busy, tired, and worn down by your wonderful but demanding children as well as the responsibilities of work and life. Today's episode is the first of a month-long series I'm doing for February on recharging the connection in your romantic relationship. My guest is Eli Harwood, a licensed therapist, educator, and creator of the popular Instagram account and website, Attachment Nerd. Eli has more than 17 years of experience helping people process relational traumas and develop secure attachment relationships with their children and partners. And she recently published an incredible book called Securely Attached, Transform Your Attachment Patterns into Loving, Lasting Romantic Relationships. Eli has three children, one husband, two cats, and an extraordinary number of plant babies. I can't wait for you to hear this incredible conversation, so let's get into it. Here we go. Eli, welcome to 3 and 30. I am thrilled to get to talk to you today. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Well, I am so excited about your new book, Securely Attached, Transform Your Attachment Patterns into Loving, Lasting, Romantic Relationships. Congratulations. This is a Thank huge you. undertaking. Thank and you it's so much. such a gift. I mean, 
all of the research woven into it as well as it's a workbook so people can really journal through and figure out their attachment patterns and how they're impacting their relationships so before we even get into our takeaways Mm -hmm. give me a little bit of context how did you get so interested in attachment that you made it your life's work yeah well i would say as is true for most therapists I was in the role of a therapist in my family growing up long before I was ever a trained therapist. <laughs> that makes so sense. So I, I inherited insecure attachment patterns. And when I was in my mid-20s, I was starting therapy. I was doing some work. And I learned about the attachment research. And as I learned about it, it was like every light bulb in my head when I was like, oh my gosh, this is what my mom does. This is what my dad does. I can see my grandparents. I know some of this generational history. This is how it's affected me and what I'm doing. So it was just personally very impactful. And then that led me to becoming a therapist full on, Mm. an actual therapist. And then after 17 years of doing this work with people, of helping them process their early stories and pay attention to the very specific ways that attachment affects our life, which is very unique. It's about the way in which we engage with our close people. Mm. So for a lot of us, we can be secure in maybe our skills out in the world and we can go do things and we can feel really confident and look confident. But then when we get into intimate relationships, all this other stuff gets activated and it's much harder to feel confident, to bring our needs, to share our emotions, that kind of stuff. So I've been Mm. working with my clients for so long and I hit a point where I just like, I want everyone to know this. It's so effective. When we start to process what we've gone through and we identify our patterns and then we learn secure patterns, it changes our lives. And I want as many people as possible to have that healing and transformation. I want to be like a hundred years old. I want to be on my deathbed. I want my kids going, ma, it's fine. You can go. And I want to know that the statistics on secure attachment have changed. I want to know that we went from a 50% insecure, 50% secure world to like an 80-20 or a 70-30 even. Like that's why I wrote this book. Like Uh, I want everyone to have that experience of like I have people and my people are a place where I can be authentically myself and effectively soothed. Oh, it's so beautiful. I love your vision for your life and Mm. the work that you do. I love that there's an emphasis in your book about how you are not just stuck with the attachment Mm -hmm. style that Mm -hmm. you grew up with or that you currently have. You can change and grow and develop Mm -hmm. secure attachments. Mm -hmm. In your book, you mentioned that's called earned secure Uh attachments. Yep, Yep. that's what it's called in the research. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I have. I want like a button that says like, I earned my secure attachment because I did. (laughs) I had to do a lot of work of grieving and processing and learning how to connect in a deeply secure way. Hmm. And now you're passing those skills on and those tools Mm -hmm. on to people who want to become more secure in their relationships. Mm -hmm. We're talking specifically today about in partnerships, in Mm -hmm. marriages, in those relationships. And one thing that I've noticed in my own marriage, we've been married for 18 years, is that I do feel like we really started and maybe for the first 10 years, like very Mm -hmm. secure attachment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then life gets so busy and overwhelming and kids and work that as I read, I'm like, I feel like we've become less securely attached Mm -hmm. in the last Mm -hmm. several years. 
and I want to get back to more secure attachment. Yes. So I think your takeaways today will really help if people feel like they're not securely attached, have never mm-hmm. been securely attached to their partner, or if they just recognize that maybe they want to become more securely yes. attached to their partner. Well, I love that you shared that because I think there's this like trend on the internet with attachment that feels a bit like a Harry Potter quiz. Like which Harry Potter character are you? Are you secure? Are you anxious? Are you avoidant? And they use <laughs> language that's out of this very specific set of data. That's not the data I use actually, but it's way more complicated than that. Like mm-hmm. we can have really secure patterns with one close relationship in our life and really avoidant patterns with somebody else and maybe even resistant ambivalent patterns or preoccupied patterns with somebody else because the way that we relate is dynamic based on how someone else is relating to us. Mm-hmm. The fact that you all had a secure dynamic early on in your marriage, it's likely that you both had fairly secure experiences growing up or that you both had put in work before you got married in mm-hmm. order to learn secure patterns. And getting off course happens for most couples. Like mm-hmm. traumatic death happens in our lives, loss, high stress, financial stress. Like there are variables outside of our relationships that can lead us to struggling in ways that then affects our relationships. And mm-hmm. so I say this to say, You know, it's not like, okay, we're all going to arrive at this, you know, destination, this nirvana of being securely attached. And then we're never going to struggle in our relationships again. Like, no, of course not. Mm -hmm. Relationships are complicated. But if we can kind of learn some of these core principles, then we always have a way back to that road, right? Like, okay, now how do we get back there? All right, I've got to, and we're going to go over my little three takeaways here, but like, these are the things that I'm going to return to when I can tell that distance is growing between us or tension is happening in larger amounts or more frequency or whatever. Yeah. But anyway, I love that you shared that. Yeah. And I feel like it's probably pretty normal to start to take people for granted after a long yeah. time or, <laughs> yeah. or to take your attachment for granted, to think mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they can handle a little neglect because mm-hmm. we're good and mm-hmm. so I can focus in this area or that area yeah. and a relationship can only take neglect for so long. I mean, I, love I, I think relationships are resilient and mm-hmm. they, there are periods where maybe there's a little more disconnection, but like if that's the continued pattern for years, of yes. course there's going to be struggle that happens every time. Yes. So help us, Eli. Let's <laughs> let's hear your three takeaways for how we can become more securely attached to our romantic partner. Okay. We're going to start with the easy, fun one, because I think sometimes this work can feel a little daunting, which is this. Pay attention to when and where and what your partner lights up about and light up about their lighting up. So let me give you an example. Right now, my husband is fascinated with AI. I can't tell you how disinterested I am. (laughs) I have my own feelings about AI. You know, I think as a creative, there's like my own stuff. But he has been and always has been someone that is deeply fascinated by the future of technology. It just, he's like a kid at Christmas with like a science box or something. And so I make specific efforts when he's like, check out what I just did with the AI, you know, and he's maybe putting something on my website and he's doing something there with the AI or whatever. Like I kind of pull up my big girl pants and I'm like, it doesn't matter if you like it or not, Eli. He loves it and there's light in him. And so then I go over and I'm like, no way. 
oh, I love that. And I let myself enter into that world with him. Because when people show up for us in moments where we're feeling delight, it bonds us, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I do this with him. God bless this man because I write books and I'm always writing posts. I'm doing things, you know, and I've, I'm like, can you read this or can you watch this video? I'm, yeah, I'm like, it's really these... good, isn't it? It's good well, or what like, I made. Or like, I had so much fun. I have fun creating. And so I want to share it. And so he does the same. Like, I take it to him and I'm like, look at this. And he giggles with me about the parts he knows where I think I'm being kind of funny. And we like have this moment together. So we are going to light up when and where our partners are lighting up. And this is true for our children. Oh, yeah. Like, mom, look, I touched the ceiling. Oh, my gosh, you touched the ceiling? Wow. That was my thought I had when I read this takeaway was I think a lot of us are willing to do this for our kids. Mm-hmm. and prioritize doing this for our kids but yes. it's harder for us to find it in ourselves to care deeply about the thing that our partner mm-hmm. cares about when we are just not interested whereas like right. when my son talks about minecraft as mind-numbing as that is for me <laughs> yes. i'm like come on rachel like you're his mom yes. like at least yes. listen and be excited And I can also do that for some of the things that my husband is interested in, even if they don't interest me. What do you do if it feels almost condescending or patronizing or like fake? Like you're just, Mm -hmm. how do you make your delight for what they're delighted in feel real to you and to them? So this is the trick. You're delighting in their delight. Nothing Mm. in the world is better than seeing the people we love full of joy. Mm. So you don't need to feel joy about this AI picture that your husband is showing you. That doesn't need to create an emotion for you. What needs to create an emotion for you is watching him watch what he's done, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's, I, it's funny because I have the same thing with Minecraft. When my son plays Minecraft, I get like motion sickness when he's showing me things. He's like, Mom, look at this. Ooh. And I literally am like, okay, um, I need to like stop because I'm like getting dizzy watching <laughs> you do this. But I can pause and consider like, wow, he's really loving this. What is it he loves about it? And I can watch his face lighting up and I could be like, okay, buddy, I'm gonna stand by the side of the screen, but I want you to narrate for me exactly what you're doing and what part is your favorite. And I wanna just sort of watch you do this. And then do you want me to try to learn too? I haven't honestly done that with Minecraft, but note to self, I probably should. Like pausing and getting on there with him and being like, so how, and that's a pig? Okay, okay, (laughs) right? Like it's, I matter to you, right? That's what the experience is, is if you join me in the things that make me feel delight. My husband does this so well with my cooking because I love to cook. And I'll say like, hey, do you want some breakfast? And he'll be like, I mean, if you're making it, I want breakfast, Mm. you know? And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. It just makes me feel so good. Like. Yeah. What a gift to be bonded with people who are willing to join us in moments where we're feeling delight. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. How are you feeling about feeding your family right now? I love utilizing meal planning services like Green Chef to take the guesswork out of what we're going to eat and how we're going to get it on the table. They include everything you need to make convenient, wholesome, and delicious meals delivered directly to your doorstep. Easily customize your meals to suit your lifestyle with preferences like keto, plant-based, Mediterranean, gut and brain health, calorie smart, quick and easy, protein packed, and gluten free. Green Chef has a way of turning what could be simple go-to dishes into restaurant quality meals. Instead of pasta with ground meat and sauce from a jar, 
They offer creamy turkey bolognese. Or why just have seasoned chicken over noodles when you could have truffle linguine with chicken? These pasta dishes are delicious and great for the whole family. Go to greenchef.com slash 63andthirty and use code 63andthirty to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash 63andthirty and use code 63andthirty to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. This podcast is also sponsored by Docatot, the lifestyle brand made for the modern parent that creates functional solutions for feeding, playing, resting, sleeping, lounging, and beyond. When I'm looking for gifts for close friends and families having babies, I'm looking for high-quality products that will actually help them. I remember how overwhelming it was as a new mom being bombarded with so many product ideas, so I want to be careful about what I'm adding to the mix. Docatot gifts fit the bill. They are beautiful and so functional. My little sister says her grand dock is her very favorite baby item that she owns. I'm so excited about their new mini mat. It is a lightweight, portable play mat made of premium, ultra-soft fabric and is entirely machine washable. It even has a detachable toy arch for the early stages of sensory development. The mini mat is perfect for supervised infant lounging and play space for up to six months old. Your baby deserves the best of the best, and you do too, mama. Get 15% off the Docatot mini mat with promo code 3in30 at docatot.com. Hashtag dotatotpod. That's 15% off the Docatot mini mat with promo code 3in30 at docatot.com. Parenting is hard, but Docatot makes it easier. So the second takeaway is be a safe place for your sweetheart to be emotionally tender and vulnerable. Hmm. Our attachment systems are designed to be places where we take refuge when we are scared or uncertain or feeling ashamed or feeling sorrow, that we can go to somebody and co-regulate with them. And co-regulate basically means my nervous system is heightened or in a place of dysregulation, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to borrow the calmness of your nervous system through empathy and connection. Okay. Mm. When we expect our partners to always be cool, calm and collected, we are reducing the amount of intimacy we can have with them. Mm. So we want to be a place where our partners can say, I'm scared. I'm lost. I don't know what to think or do. I think this is especially important of a message to give for women in response to the men in their lives, because I think a lot of men have been pre-programmed to think that they're supposed to take care of their wives' tenderness because women are stereotyped as more tender than men. Mm. But men need this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Men need this. Women need this. We all need this. We need a place where we can go, hey, I'm feeling a little bit scared. Yes. Like, how are you feeling about this? Can you help reassure me that you see my heart, mm-hmm. that you're going to be here? Yeah. And that may take some processing. It feels easier to do that with topics that are like, I had a really hard day and I yes. need to turn to my partner. And of course, they're going to be there and allow me to be emotionally vulnerable yes. with them. It's harder when they are super invested, like with religion or yes. something. It, it's harder for them to remain a safe, open yes. place when they have all of their own feelings and thoughts about yes. it. 
And that's when like you both need therapy, like you both need to process so that you can be the safe place for the other person to do their processing as well. Yes. And it's why we want to be really deeply responsive and warm and compassionate in those easy moments of care, because that builds up, right? So like if I have responded with empathy over and over and over again, and now we hit this like black belt level topic, Mm. at least pre-programmed into my nervous system is that you really do care about me and want to care for me. And now I know this is more complicated and that's why. And it's not just because you don't care or I'm a burden to you or my needs are too much. It's like, okay, this is complicated. But yeah, I mean, it's bonding. Like we want to have people in our lives that we can run to in moments where we're tender or distressed. And so we want to be that for our partner. And then the third takeaway is in connection to that, which is we need to express our tenderness and reach for our partners when we are the ones that are feeling tender. So Mm. if we take really great care of our partner's tender needs and distress, but we never reach for them, it creates an awkward, insecure dynamic. Mm. Now, Everyone's not going to reach at the exact same frequency in the exact same ways. We're all wired differently. Sometimes one partner is more sensitive than another partner has more trauma. But we need to know that both people are mutually, symbiotically leaning on each other mm-hmm. in those sacred moments of pain and uncertainty. Yeah. Because that is part of what makes it an attachment relationship. Like we don't do that with the random guy on the bus, hopefully, because We're not attached to them. We don't know them. This is what makes this relationship so unique is it's a close relationship. Mm -hmm. And when we take the time to get in sync with each other in those high delight moments, but also in those low pain moments, we're bonded. That's how bonding works. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And one thought that I've had, Eli, as I read your book last night and I thought about my own marriage is just you have to give time to that person and to that relationship, you cannot be attached and connected to somebody who has no time for you. And so that's where I feel like I need to work in my marriage is the last few years, especially the last six months have been so crazy busy for us Mm -hmm. and for all good reasons. And for a lot of reasons that are outside of our control, honestly, Mm -hmm. but like my husband, especially because of his natural temperament, because of his attachment style Mm. is not likely to ask me for Mm. the time, the space, the tenderness. Mm -hmm. Like I have to create it by not being so busy that he doesn't have Mm. an inch. He's not going to fight for it. Like, no, like if there's time and space, he'll like gently enter the room and kind of look at you and say like, what are you doing later? You know, but he's not going to say like, Hey, I need you out to see. And I need you. He has some secure qualities and skills, but Yeah, you recognize that's an area of vulnerability for him is reaching is harder for him. Yeah. And I have to self-confront and realize that all of the things that I think are so important right now in my life don't matter as much as my attachment to the person that I am going Mm -hmm. to spend the rest of my life with. And if that means that I need to cut out some other stuff so Mm -hmm. that we have time and space to be able to be there for each other in these vulnerable moments and times. I need to do it. You know, this would be like a whole other topic is talking about sex, but I was just thinking that my husband and I both work from home and I'm a production junkie. I mean, I want to work, work, work. You'll see, I mean, I've got my first book out, my second book's coming out like six months later. I'm like, look at all these things we can do for the world. I mean, it's how I am. 
So it's very easy for me to get caught up in all of the doing and to miss out on some of the being. And occasionally we'll be in the house, we'll be together, and my husband will be like, so the kids are gone. Mm-hmm. And the way that I sometimes have to get myself into that space, which I love having sex with him. We have a positive sexual experience together. But my wiring to keep checking off all my to-do lists can overtake that experience of spending time together and being intimate and even just being playful, just sitting down and watching a show or having a random conversation, all that stuff. But so I will literally in my head be like, hmm, what actually matters? Like at the end of the day, at the end of my life, Mm. what are the things I'll regret not doing? What if I only have a year left with my husband? I don't know. I hope that's not true. I hope we are 97 and we are like off-roading in... (laughs) you know, Timbuktu. I don't know. But like, I don't know. And I do know that life is precious and life is sacred and our connection is sacred. And so, I mean, I, I will literally kind of like almost have a lecture in my head towards myself, a gentle lecture, but a lecture that's like, lady, Mm -hmm. don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Yes. Don't miss it. And I felt that when I was reading your book last night, don't Mm -hmm. miss it. He matters more than all this other stuff. And you have to create space in order to have connection. And the last third of your book is Mm -hmm. all like where your relationship is headed. It's ideas Mm -hmm. for building more secure attachment and connection. And that's the section I am excited to jump into because like I mentioned, I think we have a great basis of secure Mm -hmm. attachment, but life has made it harder. And I want to get back to it. Well, and I say at the end of the book, I'm like, okay, you finish this book. You can use it in all these different ways. And one of the ways I say to use it is basically just as a reminder to go back and do refreshers. Like sometimes we need a refresher on like, oh yeah, I haven't been generous with my partner lately. Yeah, (laughs) I'm like more generous with everyone else in my life. You know, I think that's very common for us. Absolutely. People to fall into that pattern. Yes. And actually, I think you hit on something really interesting, which is that when we get secure, we stop worrying about that relationship in the same way. And so if we were accustomed to using worry or anxiety in order to motivate us to care for a relationship, once we get into a secure place, we need to find other ways to motivate that ongoing positive interaction, which might mean reminders in our calendar or, you know, Mm -hmm. coming back to the book a bunch of different times. And once a week, you've got like a theme where you're like, okay, I'm working on this part of my secure relating or that part. Mm -hmm. But having a dedicated practice, because you can't rely anymore on that like exciting novelty that comes at the beginning of a relationship. It's no longer there. Well, and one thing that I think could be very motivating for me, Eli, is what you just said about like envisioning your future with your partner Mm -hmm. and coming back to that of like, this is what we're building. And even like writing it out, the kind of relationship that I want to have, that I believe is possible, that I want to last into old age. And like, that doesn't just happen. It takes conscious efforts towards friendship, ongoing friendship. And you're not going to have a deep friendship with somebody who has no time for you. So you have to make room in your life for your partner if you're going to have secure attachment. You know what my favorite word is to use instead of partner, which I don't always use it, but it's sweetheart. Mm. He's my sweetheart. And that like helps rearrange what I'm doing. Mm. Because if this is my sweetheart, well, then I'm going to go up and I'm going to like sit next to him and I'm just going to give him a nice little kiss on the neck for no reason. 
Yeah. Right. Versus if it's my partner, I'm doing that maybe, but mostly I'm like, Hey, did you make sure to call your mom about babysitting on the 16th? Because, uh, we can't get Katie cause she's got a school thing that day. You know, like, yeah, your partner feels more like business, yeah. like getting stuff done. Which that- is a part of our relationship. It is. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that's not the attachment part. Mm-hmm. The attachment part is that gooey relational, you're my person, you're my shelter, you're my safe haven, you're my play zone. Like you're <laughs> the space where I am most intimately known. And mm-hmm. we want to cultivate those dynamics and create an ongoing rhythm of connection in our relationship. Hmm. Well, this is such a beautiful conversation, Eli. We're definitely going to have to have you back because I have about a hundred questions I could still ask. I want to keep going, but <laughs> I love it. we'll have you back another time and people can grab your book. Yes. They can check out your amazing Instagram content. Where do you want people to start if they're just introduced to you for the first time? Yeah. Well, I would say definitely go grab the book because it's the, the piece that's going to change your life the most. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, my Instagram is focused both on partnership and on parenting. And then I have a membership for parents that is all focused on helping people learn how to be securely attached to their kids at attachmentnerd.com. Mm-hmm. So you can go to attachmentnerd.com and kind of get links to all the things if that's where you want to start. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's so great. We'll link all of that in the show notes. And we'll definitely, I'm excited to hear about your next book, which is going to be more focused on parenting. Yes, it's going to be called Raising Securely Attached Kids. Perfect. Well, we need that. So we'll have you back when that comes out. And I just can't thank you enough for coming on 3 and 30. I love being here. Thank you for having me. Don't you just love her and her energy? I wish she could be my therapist, but I guess the next best thing is to continue going through her guided journal and workbook, Securely Attached. And I hope you'll grab a copy for yourself. In the meantime, you can start becoming a safer place for your partner by remembering her three takeaways from this conversation. First, light up when your sweetheart lights up about things. It feels like this should be easy, but it's often not, either because we're busy, tired, or simply don't have an interest in the things our partner cares about. But we do have an interest in them, and so it's important to muster up the energy to connect with them when they're feeling excited. Eli said in the episode, when people show up for us in moments when we're feeling delight, it bonds us. But it's not enough to only be there for them in the happy times. We also need to remember takeaway number two. Be a safe place for your sweetheart to be emotionally tender and vulnerable. This means you don't minimize, dismiss, or ignore their difficult days and feelings. It means you consistently reserve time with them and for them so they can sense an opening to even tell you if they're having a hard time. Ideally, your partner would know that it's safe to turn to you for support, comfort, and empathy with any tender emotion. And third and finally, make sure you reach for your sweetheart when you are tender or vulnerable and let them play a role in soothing and supporting you. This is called reach and receive, and it's at the heart of secure attachment. You want a symbiotic relationship where you both need each other and you're both reaching for each other and supporting each other in good times and bad. I love Eli's suggestion to envision the kind of relationship that you want to have with your sweetheart into old age and make the sacrifices necessary now to build that kind of intimacy and friendship long term. My friends, this is such an important topic and also a tender one because I know many of you listening might be feeling disconnected from your sweetheart and wanting a change. I hope the ideas in this episode will help you. And I also want to say that next Monday's episode is a part two with Eli, where we talk about what to do if you don't feel emotionally ready right now to turn to your partner for either big or small reasons. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss that 
as well as there just might be a bonus episode featuring Eli this Thursday. I'm just saying. So if you loved this conversation, hit the plus button or the follow or subscribe button in your podcast listening app, and you won't miss any more goodness from her and other amazing guests this month. I'll give you another sneak peek. We have Jennifer Finlayson Fife joining us in a few weeks too, so keep coming back for more. I hope you know how much I care about you and your happiness, and I hope this series of episodes will be helpful for you. I'm rooting for you, and please have a beautiful week with your family. 